Geek Nerdery. Player one, press start to play. Welcome to episode number 26 of Graveyard Duck Podcast. Uh, with you, as always, my name is Scott. And I'm Wes. And Wes, uh, let me just kick things off right away by saying uh, happy anniversary, man. Uh, yeah, happy anniversary to you. Surprised we lasted this long, but... Uh, yeah, great. it's, uh, you know, last podcast I did, we did a every week thing. So, you know, 52 episodes takes, you know, seems like such... A, a bigger number obviously than the the 26 but yeah so it's like i don't feel like we've done that many but then it certainly doesn't feel like we've been doing it a year and no. i was kind of looking back at a list of all the games we covered and it's like no we've we've actually covered quite a few so yeah it's mm-hmm. we've been around doing our thing kicking out here and uh i i think it's been good so yeah yeah i've enjoyed it and uh, i hope i hope our listeners have enjoyed it too and i hope new people are still discovering the show but you know, it, it doesn't feel like a year that we've been doing it, but, you know, we, we're passionate about retro games and, and we love talking about them. So um, we hope you enjoy them. Yeah, there's no end in sight. And as far as we're concerned, these are kind of conversations we've been having uh, anyway. So why yeah. not record it? Yep. So, all right. So we got a good one for this week. Uh, Wes, this was your pick game. Uh, I'll admit I was not terribly familiar with, uh, although as we got kind of playing it, I realized like I've played this at some point back okay. in the day but i don't really know when but there were there were familiar elements here sure. uh but yeah we are talking gunstar heroes for the sega genesis uh has a few different releases here um kind of scattered all around uh japan originally september of 93 us uh, actually one day earlier um mm-hmm. sept- september 9th versus september 10th uh europe australia just listed as 93 so i don't know exactly when they got it but um yeah 1993 everybody was getting this game there was a game boy or a game gear release apparently in japan 95 mm-hmm. um but um yeah other than that m2 has just done a recent um 3d remake for the mm-hmm. 3ds so uh yeah there's a couple couple ways you can get it i know the cart's kind of expensive these days kind of a collector's item but um yeah, yeah. totally though and, yeah you know we'll we'll talk about that more but um gunstar heroes to me is is a game that um i've known about for a long time and even kind of following it back in the day i I didn't own a a sega genesis until uh much later probably like the late 90s early 2000s or so but it was one of those games that i sort of followed at the time it's like man this looks really cool like i really want to play it and 
you know, when I played it, then it, it became sort of, to me, it became synonymous with what the Genesis could do um, versus the Super Nintendo as far as the, um, the gameplay and the sound and the music and the graphics uh, and everything sort of came together as being this awesome uh, run and gun type game that was just really fun. And years, you know, throughout the years, then uh, the company that developed this treasure, we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but um, treasure ended up becoming like one of my favorite game companies as far as the releases that they did, because, you know, especially with Gunstar Heroes and a lot of their other titles, there's a strong focus on the mechanics and the gameplay. And, uh, they're they're just very very um not to say difficult but they're very much um sort of like hardcore gamer style games in that um it takes a lot to master them but they're so much fun to play and so rewarding so um you know gunstar heroes kind of fits that bill and and being a fan of of contra and and other run and gun games growing up like this was the game that like i always wanted to play but at the time growing up i only had a super nintendo and you know, I was firmly entrenched in the Nintendo side of things, so I didn't get into the Sega side until later. So um, that was one that this this was a game that that was on my radar for a long time. I picked up a cartridge version at Game Crazy, I want to say, probably in the early 2000s, and uh, then of course the 3DS remake stuff like that. So, um, but the the cart has been like one of my you know favorite Genesis games, and really this is probably one of my favorite games of all time. I would go on to say because I. I play it quite a bit. I really enjoy it. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, the there were parts of it that were familiar, and we'll we'll kind of get into it. But like the the board game boss, like was super super memorable to me for some reason. Hmm. Um, there were a couple other sections, like I remember, like the being able to pick up your partner and like throw them. Um, yeah. it, wherever I played this, it wasn't just a a rental. I was at a friend's house or something because we spent many 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 hours pissing each other off by just throwing each other across the screen um, right so i i know that i've played this at some point when i would have thought that was just absolutely hilarious uh which hell could have been yesterday but yeah you know what i mean um and yeah it's like as i'm sitting here playing through this it's one of those where i i like what you were saying comparing it to super nintendo and like they're they're how do I describe this? There's one type of Super Nintendo game that always kind of bugs me, mm-hmm. and they're they're what I call like the the show off games. And uh-huh. there's a couple that I can think of. Contra Three was a good example of one. Castlevania Four is one where it's like we're trying to show off every possible thing and every possible effect that the Super Nintendo is capable of. Mm-hmm. Mode Seven and every stage, you know, all this stuff going on, and it's just this effects, you know, overload. And as I was starting to play this early on, there was a moment where I realized like, this is the same thing for the Genesis. This is the Genesis's show off game mm-hmm. um, because it has just tons and tons and tons of effects going on. Like the uh, flying on the little bikes through the, the tunnel. Um, oh, carts, yeah. Yeah. There's the skidding down the, the slope. There's just so many little scenes like this and things where it's like, rather than just being a, a straight linear running gun, it's like, let's show off all the stuff we can do. Mm. However, this didn't bother me the way that the Super Nintendo ones do. Like this was, it was smooth. It was fun. And it's like, we're going to show you everything that this can do. 
and at the same time make you really excited for all the stuff that we can do um right and i think the soundtrack is amazing i think the 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 challenge is perfect because i think if if you kind of get your gun zeroed in and get your technique down it's actually not that difficult of a game um, no no but it's the kind of thing and we've talked about this many many times on the show that like there's so many little options and so many ways that you can make you know an air quotes hard mode you know by picking a really crappy gun or trying to get through you know with different options choosing the different uh stage order um just little things like that to where you could kind of customize it and make it much more difficult for yourself Mm -hmm. and i i think that that's perfect like i i love those games where if what I want to do is just a real quick, you know, hour long playthrough, that's, that's an option. Or if I really want to dig in and spend hours, you know, having a challenging experience and really seeing what all this can do, that's a, that's there as well. Yeah, you're exactly right. And especially um, in the the play style of the characters itself, like that's an option right from the get go, whether um, you want your character to be able to move and shoot at the same time, or if you want your character to have a fixed shot, uh, you know, where you have to actually stop and shoot and you can't move and shoot at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of the, in a way, it takes what like Contra 3 did, where in Contra 3, you know, you could hit the, what the R trigger and sort of plant yourself and shoot. So you kind of have that option to do either or in this game, which is something, again, that adds to the replayability is, uh, you know, do you want to be able to run and shoot at the same time, or do you want to make it a little bit more difficult and have to plant yourself to be able to shoot each time and move from there? Right. Uh, yeah, what was your preference? Which, what do you normally go with? You know, normally I play sort of the the running, the running gun style, but it also depends. Again, it, it depends on, like you said, how I want to play this game, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the weapon selection later too, but... Um, it's it's fun to be able to play like okay if i if i've mastered like the the free shot as it's called where you can run and shoot at the same time if i've kind of mastered that then maybe i want to try fixed shot and maybe i want to kind of change up what power ups i get to make it a little bit more difficult so mm-hmm. uh, typically my preferred play style is the free shot um but the last couple of times that i played it throughout the last few weeks i liked playing it with the fixed shot because then you really start to learn where to position yourself in terms of where, you know, the boss attacks and the enemy attacks and stuff like that. So it adds a little bit more strategy to it. Right. And I, I played with it a little bit both ways. And I do think that with the fixed shot, it, it makes you think a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, but it adds kind of a fun element because then once you find that, that spot to kind of stand, like you really can kind of, you know, hose everything on the field versus, right. you know, running and gunning with it. It's like, it, it's, it's just a ton of fun to just like wipe out so much stuff. It's just yeah. mass chaos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very different style. Um, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. And not only that, I mean, besides the, the shooting aspect, but uh, there's, there's quite a bit of other things that you can do in this game as far as attacks, which is really cool. You have, um, you know, sort of a slide attack, which is like a, you're down and, and jump button, which would slide through and kick an enemy. Um, you've also got, a, like a jump kick, you've got a the ability to jump off of the wall, so off of the like the corner of the screen, like you have the ability to jump on there and then jump off of that and attack somebody. Or you can also double tap your jump button when you're um, in the air and you can kind of belly flop or dive into an enemy as well. Right. So there's so many different ways that you can 
that you can attack your enemies, which is really cool because it doesn't get stale that way. You can kind of play it how you want, and the controls are, are tight enough that it never feels like you've made a mistake when you're um, intending to do something. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's very true. Um, so yeah, we've talked about the controls. I think that they're they're very solid. Lots of play options with different guns. Um, if you're not familiar with this game, there's basically four different gun options. You know, think kind of like a Contra. Uh, but the difference is you can have two different guns, but it's it's not like in Contra 3 where you switch back and forth and that's your only option. You have that where you can just use one or the other or also what you can basically kind of combine both of them into like a super gun and any of the, I don't know, I can't do math this late at night, but any of the, what, like 16 combinations or whatever there, there would be of all the, you know, four different options together creates, you know, 16 different guns and, and they're awesome. Like they're so much fun to, I think according to the manual, there's about 10 different combinations, but there's still quite a few. Yeah. That, I don't know how that makes sense in my, head it should be more than that but i don't know what I, maybe there is I don't know. It, it's too late to do math but yeah you're right the manual no, i'm looking okay. at has, has 10 but um yeah and you've got kind of your um uh, like your your force weapon is kind of like your machine gun your contra style machine gun um you've got your lightning which is uh basically the contra version of the laser sort right. of just the blue laser you've got your chaser which is your green um kind of your homing bullets and then you've got your fire which is a flamethrower again right. contra style um, and then combining those from there gives you gives you different options. For example, um, you know, kind of like I was saying, I like playing with the free shot. One of my preferred play styles is using double force because if you if you double up the machine gun, you get these giant machine gun bullets. Yeah, it just feels awesome when you're just tearing through all the enemies with these giant machine gun bullets. Yeah, I found I was using the double chaser most of the time, which is yeah. just a really yeah. powerful homing mm-hmm. missile, but you could also do, I did the force and the chaser together, which, mm-hmm. you know, creates a homing missile that's just really, really big. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there were, there were just so many different options. And I thought that, you know, the different bosses, like this is one of the things that I liked is that it wasn't, here's the one gun that makes the whole game easy. Mm-hmm. There, there were certain bosses where it's like, okay, this is actually much easier with this versus in this game case, it works better if you have this. Yeah. Um, I was using the... Um, yeah, the double chaser on some of them, and like if it was throwing out little obstacles or projectiles, sometimes though you know the the bullets would go to those instead of the weak point, so you couldn't yeah. really control what you were hitting. Yeah. Um, but then I was also having fun. I later discovered the um, chaser lightning combo. Oh yeah. Which it basically just creates a little hitbox right on the enemy, and you don't even see bullets. It's just basically as long as you're holding down the attack button, they're life is just draining which it it made it better you know early on like when you're new at the game kind of getting Mm -hmm. used to the the pattern you could just kind of hold down a button and just kind of all you had to worry about was dodging their attacks and yeah wait them out basically i was it's funny you mentioned that because i was trying to find it and i couldn't find it this week but um somewhere i had run across a developer interview for uh, gunstar heroes and one of the designers had kind of actually recommended that combination for people that might have been struggling with the game, and hmm. it said kind of the effect of, you know, if you're if you're having trouble with the game, uh, use the the blue and the green, the lightning and the chaser, and you'll have the automatic homing, and that'll kind of teach you to, you know, to recognize the boss patterns and sort of avoid them without having to worry about 
positioning yourself to shoot him and stuff like that. So yeah, you you don't have to aim. You don't have, and it also like eliminates so much of the like on screen chaos because yeah. there aren't there aren't bullets flying everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and it's like I think that's one of the fun parts about the game was that you got to customize all these different guns. But even beyond that, there's just so much more play style and strategy. Like I think I had played through the game two entire times before I realized that just the extent of things that you could pick up and throw. Um, mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. there's, there's a scene I think in the third stage where you're on this helicopter that's flying up in the air and there's a bunch of bombs coming at you from the sky and the first couple of times I played through it, it's just like, okay, try to avoid those. And then one time I suddenly realized like, Oh, you can just catch them and throw them back at the enemies. Like right. that's yeah, just right. Yeah. And it's like, that's great. And there's a lot of little things like that. There's a couple of bosses that you can pick up their projectiles, throw them back. You can pick up the enemies themselves and throw them around the screen. Yep. Like it's, you can throw it, enemies into enemies. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it's tricky to do. Like it, it's not the easiest control. I don't think. Right. Um, but once you kind of get used to it, to do it, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, once you kind of get used to it, it's it's a fun little way to kind of have have an extra little layer of strategy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the beauty of of Gunstar Heroes is I, I feel like the way that this game is designed, everything is sort of designed on purpose in a way to allow you to do things that you might not think that you could do. Right. And if you have the if you time it just right, if you have the uh, ability to do so you can absolutely do stuff like that where you can throw bombs back to the enemy or you can, you know, you can, if you're playing like co-op, for instance, you can throw your partner into an enemy or, you know, things like that. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And you know, what is it about these old run and gun games that were just built for cooperative play? Like that's, that's what Contra was when we, Mm -hmm. you know, had it for the NES. Like that's the game you played with your friend because it was, one of the only two-player cooperative games I could think of. Yeah. But it's like, that's what that game was known for. Mm-hmm. And as you start playing this, you realize, like, you know, I was thinking, like, man, I wish that, you know, Wes or somebody was over here to, to play at the same time because it just seems like the kind of game that would just be so much more fun with that, you know, mm-hmm. to tag team and, you know, throw each other around, but also just work together. Like, it's built for that kind of style. Yeah, absolutely it is. And especially with, if you have two players that are really, really good at this game. I mean, it, it's almost, it's a work of art watching two skilled players play through this game and, uh, you know, just watching how they interact and, and go with it. It's, it's fantastic, but you're exactly right. I mean, this is, this is a style of game that was designed not only to be a really good single player game, but also functioned really well as a cooperative game. Right. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's got a lot going for it. Uh, one of the other things that I loved is it's got a ton of humor, which yeah, I fully fully wasn't expecting. But um, first time I really noticed it was in stage two, the underground tunnel where you're on the little jet bikes, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a big train that you're chasing for a while, and every now and then the train comes back on the screen, and a bunch of enemies come flying out of one of the cars, and you've got to shoot them all as they're coming, and you go through this like three, four, five times, and finally then another train car comes and you're expecting all these enemies to come jumping out and you look and they're just like all running around inside the car on fire like you know freaking right. out and it's like and one guy that's like running to try to catch it yeah. <laughs> yeah well even before that like when you're when you're descending the tunnel there's a train car that's going out and like all three of the guys in it are asleep and there's like little z's coming out of them and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah 
Oh, it's great. Yeah, so the humor is perfect. Um, there's several other characters like that, and I can't think of a lot of them off the top of my head. But yeah, it, it made me laugh a couple of different times. Or yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just it, it doesn't take itself super seriously. Like it's it's got a, a a cheesy story to it, but at the same time, it, um, it it's not of fun and be like you know yeah you're killing all these like soldiers but here's this one guy that's just trying to run and catch the train because his buddies are on it or whatever right you know it's just kind of just kind of funny i don't know but yeah you're exactly right i mean this uh gunstar heroes just oozes personality um whether it be from the way the enemies behave to just how you interact with things or even i mean the fact that the third level is basically a giant uh board game the dice palace Mm -hmm. you know um, just all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't normally see in other games too. Yeah. Cool. I was going to talk about how like creative the bosses are. Uh, and, and there's a ton of them. Like there's you, when you start the game, you get, there's four stages and you can select which one you want to go to first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, there's, I think another two, maybe three after that. I can't remember whether there's six three, or seven total. Right. Um, but as you're kind of going through the first four, there's one major boss at the end of the stage, but then there's, you know, depending on the stage, anywhere from like one to maybe three sub bosses along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think they're all creative. They're all fun. And it, here again, this kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning, like they're kind of showing off some of the different things that the Genesis can do. Like they have a lot of really kind of clever effects, mm-hmm. but it makes them very fun and memorable and none of them are a pain in the ass to where it's like oh i hate this one and yeah you you kind of started mentioning it and i mentioned it earlier too the boss at the end of one of the stages is a board game yeah. and to, to explain this like if you've never played the game you go into this room and there's you know a game board on the back of the wall and you're you've got a little version of your icon is standing on the start space and then there's a giant dice that just falls from the sky and you got to pick it up and throw it. And whatever number comes up, like that's how many spaces your little guy moves. And most of the spaces you can land on is a fight with a mini boss. But a couple, a couple of them are a free item room. A couple of them are just like a race to the finish line kind of room. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the very end of the, uh, the the board game, like that's when you fight the real boss. Mm -hmm. But it's it's kind of an annoying process because it does take a long time to get through it, and a couple of these bosses are a pain in the ass. The the no guns one, especially, I hated that oh, thing. The guy where you have to throw him and punch him. Yeah, his, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's very little ways to heal. Like as you're going along, like if, if you're lucky enough to land on one of the item rooms, you can usually get a little vitality heart, which mm-hmm. gives you I think 20 health back. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's it, it's very much um, like I was saying in the beginning. It's it's very much kind of a hardcore game because you're sort of expected to play through this entire uh, board game with the vitality that you have, right? And the weapon that you have, and especially uh, because the when you throw the die, you only ever get like one, two, or three, right? And every time I play, almost like nine times out of ten, the last space before the final boss is always a return to the beginning, and I hit it. Yeah, I've I skipped over it once. Yeah, yeah. So be prepared when you get to the end of that that you're going to you're going to get taken back to the beginning of the board again. Now the the benefit is you don't have to refight the bosses that you previously killed, right? But you still have the potential to roll dice to land on bosses that you haven't fought yet. 
Right. So if, if you skipped over one, don't get too excited because you, you might be coming back. <laughs> right. But that's, again, that's the beauty of this game, too. Uh, outside of it being a really, really strong uh, run and gun platformer, it's a boss rush game at times, too. And like you were, you know, we were just talking about the, the board game piece, but I wanted to go back and, and just talk about the minecart level where you fight uh, Seven Force, which is, you know, sort of your, your green, the green Gunstar guy. Um, because even just if you pick that as the second level or even the first level, um, once you get to the end of that minecart, you're going to fight what seven bosses, five yep. bosses in a row. Yeah. And he's got, he, he's got, order it is. he's got seven different forms he can take, but I, I think I noticed that he doesn't do all of them. Okay. So maybe you're um, fighting five. Yeah. It's, it's something like that. Cause there were definitely one or two tries where I was like, Oh, I never fought the urchin, you know, or something like that. So, right. And they're all really cool. Like, yeah. uh, you know, you might fight like, um, like this, like tiger thing that like fires homing bullets. You might fire, you might fight like a, um, an actual gun itself that's shooting at you or. Uh, yeah. There's, there's an urchin that climbs on the walls. There's a, just a giant robot that runs and throws shit at you. Like some spike um, bird thing. That yeah. Kind of big, bird from Zelda too. Yeah. Big bird. Um, yeah. Oh, the crab that crawls through the the um, the hallway. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a very clever boss, and I thought it was fun. And you know, he'll take one form, and you have to destroy that form, and then he switches to another one. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you have to beat, like we said, I think five different forms, but it, it right. it's always in a different random order. Yeah. Um, and there's hardly any health refills between any of them. So really, it's. You, especially if you if you're playing this for the first time, you're probably going to get frustrated a little bit because you'll probably get through a couple of them and then die and have to start all of them over again. But um, don't get too frustrated because you're again, like we talked about before, like with games with pattern recognition and stuff, you're going to recognize those patterns. You're going to get better at the game, and it's going to feel really good when you start to just blaze through it. Right. Right. Yeah, I found the crab a little bit tough because you've got to be really quick bouncing from the floor to the ceiling, depending yep. on the walls that he throws out. And getting your placement just right for the bird was a little bit tough. But um, mm-hmm. otherwise, yeah, it's like it, it was fun. It was it was tricky the first time he killed me the first time I fought him. Second time I had no problem and it was just a good time. But yeah. it's it's also a long fight because if you think about going through all of that. Like it's not a not a quick thing. No, not at all. Uh, so yeah, you go through those four stages, then there's, you know, five, six, and seven or five and six at the end. I forget how many, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and those are a ton of fun too. There's, yeah. you know, kind of a surprise shoot 'em up stage in there, mm-hmm. uh, which was well, even before you get to that though, even there's another boss rush that you, that you get to, um, yeah. yep. you know, where you're, and that's, that's really cool the way it looks because, um, you're playing the game, but then the perspective, it's almost kind of like um, kind of the cutscenes in Rolling Thunder, if you remember, like where the like the bad guys are watching on the screen. So in a way, like you see you see like the final boss and you see like his henchmen and cronies just kind of watching you play through uh, this level. And then as you're getting ready to fight each of those bosses, you see them just kind of walk off screen and then you end up fighting them, yeah. which is really cool. It's a yeah, really it's a, it's cool, very, very clever. Uh, yeah. You see the main boss get more and more frustrated as basically all of his yeah. lackeys just keep sucking. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's such a cool little gimmick almost, but um, it really adds to it though. You know? Right. Yeah. It added some more story. And again, it just makes it feel like more than just 
a game. Like there was yeah. almost almost like a little movie. But uh, right. yeah, but yeah, you're right. Then you get to the after you get to that part, then it it turns into a shoot 'em up for a little bit, which is really cool. I was a big fan of that too. I don't know how you felt with because I don't I didn't think that you had played that part before, so I didn't want to spoil it for you that you know there was there was going to be the shoot 'em up stage coming up. So I don't know how you felt about that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And I, yeah, because I texted you, I think, before that. I'm like, so how many stages are there? I just finished five. Is that the end? And you're like, you didn't respond. No, I'm like, mm, I'm just going to let you figure that out. So, <laughs> yeah, because it's really cool. You wouldn't think that that would be a thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you just get in your ship and, uh, you know, you have to you have to stop the, the bad guy's ship or whatever. So, yeah, and I thought that was a pretty tough fight, actually. Yeah, it's fun, though. I mean, because it's kind of. It's kind of like um, what you did in the second level with the seven force again, because you're fighting the forms again, but it's a little different this time because you're in a ship that can move all around the screen and can shoot in a different directions. Right. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize that like the controls are weird and how you change direction of your gun is a little hard to explain, but yeah, it's, it's a little odd. Yeah. It makes sense though. I mean, the more that you play it, the controls do seem a little strange at times, but it does makes sense in a way mm-hmm. yeah i'm just i'm watching a playthrough right now and they're to the board game stage and it's reminding me of a couple of the other funny moments where there's the the giant blob boss or the uh the the big just face that's flying around for some reason mm-hmm. yeah that's a good one the little mini mini soldier mm-hmm. yeah there's and again there's there's just so many bosses that are so clever and cool like there's one uh there's one at one point that's just like a running man in the background. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Where yep. the reactor in the background, and there's like that dude that's like running and you're shooting at him. Yeah, the whole reactor boss was really neat. Like it was a like a, a 3D effect, and playing us the 3D version for the 3DS made that really really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. he pops in and out of the foreground a little bit. Yeah, there's like things moving around in the background and. Is it's just a, a neat effect, and like that's kind of what I was going or yeah. what I was referring to when I was talking about how it's kind of like a show off of all the things it can do. Mm-hmm. But uh, unlike you know, say Castlevania Four, where it's like, oh, the background in this level rotates. Like this time, it's like, oh no, this is like super cool. <laughs> this right. isn't just yeah. a graphical thing. Like this really, really added something to the game. Yeah, that's yeah, um, funny. All right, so what else do you want to talk about here? I know you said you prepared some notes. Um, yeah, I did a little bit. I just want to talk a little bit about um, Treasure itself as a company um, and some of the, the reasons why I, I like their games quite a bit. Um, and a lot of it kind of stems from it. A lot of it's on like Wikipedia and stuff like that. But um, Treasure was kind of formed by um, several ex-Konami employees. So you can kind of see where they got their uh, prowess from a little bit. Because a lot of a lot of these guys worked on a lot of the classic Konami games as well. Um, so Gunstar Heroes was actually um, one of the first games that was produced under the Treasure label. Um, it was the first one released for the Genesis, but um, it wasn't actually the first one developed. The first one they developed, I think, was um, McDonald's Treasure Land, but it came out a little bit later. So this was kind of the first game that that sort of put Treasure on the map, which was really really cool because they just started off you know with this badass running gun but uh, throughout the years then for a long time treasure had sort of a policy of not really developing sequels to their games they just made different games 
that had sort of their own signature style to them, whether it be really tight play control or um, interesting settings or premises or just, it, it's hard to describe, but they're, like I said in the beginning, they're kind of like hardcore gamer type games because when you're playing a treasure developed game, you kind of know, yeah, this is treasure, you know. Um, some of the other games that they've done um, that I recommend and, and many people probably played, but uh, Dynamite Heady is one on the Genesis that's a platformer where you can kind of throw your head at different enemies and attack and stuff like that. It's a side scroller. Um, Alien Soldiers one on the Mega Drive. It didn't come out here. Well, technically it was on the Sega channel, but it doesn't really count. But uh, um, Guardian Heroes on the Saturn is a really good beat-em-up that's sort of got some RPG elements and multiple characters. Um, Silhouette Mirage is one on the Saturn and the PlayStation that's a side-scroller. Um, kind of Gunstar Heroes-esque, but it's a little hard to describe. It's a little different. Um, of course, Radiant Silver Gun, um, Ikaraga, Bengayo, there's a lot of shoot-em-ups like, um, like those. Sin and Punishment on the N64 and the Wii. Uh, there's Astro Boy Omega Factor on the Game Boy Advance, which is a shoot-em-up. Uh, Gradius Five is really good on the PS2. And then uh, Gunstar Superheroes on the Game Boy Advance. So they did start kind of making some sequels later on. You can kind of start to see. And Gunstar Superheroes, I picked up actually when it first came out. I remember on the Game Boy Advance, it like came out and then went immediately to the discount bin. Really? I remember, yeah, it, it just didn't sell. So I can remember like I picked mine up for like $9.99 from like a Toys R Us discount bin box complete, like probably. 15 years ago or whatever, but um, it, it's really good. It's very much like Gunstar Heroes, but with some added stuff to it. So um, highly recommended. But again, their their games are sort of focused on not so much graphical wow factor, but just really tight play control. And they're really, really fun games. They're difficult, but they're not impossible, if that makes sense. So they're, they're games that require a lot of play to, to really master. And that's yeah, one of the I really like the company. If you had the foresight to uh, pick them up, a couple of those Genesis games you mentioned did come out on the Wii Virtual Console. So before it went away, they were available. And there's a couple that are on um, like the Sega Genesis um, collection on PS3, and I think it's coming on PS4. I know Dynamite Heady's on there, but um, Guardian Heroes is on. I think it's on still on Xbox backwards compatibility. It was on the 360 for downloads. Um, oh, okay. But it's a super good beat 'em up. Um, Gradius Five I actually imported years ago before it came out here. I had an import PS2 for a long time, and that game was really really good. And then I bought the um, the US version came out, and it came out instantly at like 19.99 because it came out like really late in the PS2 life cycle. But it's really good. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it it just kind of depends. Um, Sin and Punishment is a um, it's, it's sort of a rail shooter, kind of like. Um, like Star Fox, I guess, or Panzer Dragoon, or one of those kind of games. And you can find Sin and Punishment Star Successor on the Wii. You can find that for like probably like $5. It's it's not an expensive game at all. But if you like that style of game, that arcade style uh, rail shooter, it's really good. So a lot of their games are not super expensive, and some of them have been re-released here and there. So I would say if you played Gunstar Heroes, if you like this type of game, check out their other games because they're all really good. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, some of the Konami influence is definitely here. Like, there's, It's interesting that you bring that up because I, I can feel it. Yeah, you can totally see it. I mean, as far as 
you can see the contour influence. You can see some of the other stuff where, you know, they took what they learned on those projects and just developed their own game and just made it, you know, as much as it could be. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, it's, it's, it's an easy thing to compare to Contra three, like we've done it several times, but you know, not, not to say anything negative about that one, but this definitely has more of a, a fun factor to it. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's not just like, I don't know, like that game has always had like just this brutally hard difficulty curve, you know, where it's, it's nice and fun and easy and simple at the beginning. And then it just takes this shift and goes kind of overboard in terms of its difficulty. But like here, it gets challenging, but in a very rewarding way. And yeah. I, I think that's awesome because then it, it it doesn't make you get frustrated and it doesn't make you want to give up. It like encourages you to keep going because yeah, you're getting your ass kicked, but it it's fun to get your ass kicked. <laughs> I don't know how that makes sense. Yeah. But. yeah, no, I totally get you. And one of the other reasons I think that it's sort of fun is that when you encounter every boss in this game, every boss has a name and it tells you right on the screen, it tells you what the boss's name is. And then it lists what each attack is that they do. Yeah. So kind of like in a way, like, I don't know how to equate this maybe like to like, maybe like wrestling moves. I was going to say like WWF. <laughs> right. We're like, you know, here's the power moves that the boss has and here's the boss's name or whatever. And it's just kind of fun, you know, cause there's um, when you fight the guy on top of the helicopter in the third level, and like one of the attacks that he does, it just says break wind on it. And it's just like, what's he going to fart on me? I'm like, no, not really. But that's just how it, you know, that's just how it reads. It's just kind of fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimate soldier, special attack, mm-hmm. love, love dance. Right. Yeah. Like, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. I, this game I, is basically I, Contra on steroids, I guess. It, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. But with a more. I, I hope it doesn't turn anybody off, but it's got a very cartoony, lighthearted appeal and aesthetic. Yeah, it's, um, it's got that '90s anime aesthetic to it a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, even like the enemies, like there, there's this red, like I don't know, I called him the red Nazi. Like I don't know who he actually is. I didn't, you know, do much background research on the story, but he he kind of comes around several times, and he's not the final boss, but he's kind of one of the big guys. But he's just this goofy dork and i like i saw m bison yeah he kind of does he he looks like a very like super deformed cartoony version of m bison Mm -hmm. and but it's like he he's fun he's not trying to be intimidating it doesn't take itself seriously and yeah your characters have that definite anime kind of aesthetic and he's just kind of this you know goofy Mm -hmm. cartoon character and a a lot of the enemies are the the same way it just feels fun and yeah it's funny that you mentioned that as far as him like sort of being Nazi-like, though, because that's one of the the only major changes to this game between the Mega Drive and the um, U.S. version, because that that character was Hitler in the other in the Mega Drive version. Oh, really? Yeah. So for for no reason, really, it's just like you know, it's just Hitler. Yeah, Bionic uh, Commando did it. Why not? Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> that was one of the only localization changes that was done. This uh, kind of make him less hitler like (laughs) something we all should strive for well you know yeah i think that's just a given but you know all right what other what other notes you got there uh you know that's really covers most of it um for the most part we talked a little bit about um just and i'll mention again just the the music and the sound effects and that's one of the things that i love about 
retro consoles, especially eight to sixteen bit consoles, where each console had its own type of sound chip and it had its own sort of sound associated with it. And sort of the way I kind of break it down is like the the Super NES was really good at like orchestral type sounds and music, kind of like ActRaiser. Yeah. And um, the PC Engine had like its own sort of um, rock type, um, just driving sound effect to it, the sound to it. Cool. If you want to think, if you want to think orchestral from the uh, Super Nintendo, just hell, Final Fantasy VI had an opera in it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, But the Genesis, I always, with the, the sort of the FM sound chip in it, I always sort of equated that to just, um, it's so hard to describe, but you would know it if you hear it. Um, just this this synthesized sort of awesome sound to it. And there's several games, and especially um, you look at games like Streets of Rage or Revenge of Shinobi or pretty much anything that Yuzo Kuchiro can uh, compose the music for. And then you listen to like Gunstar Heroes, and I was like, that's the Genesis sound chip right there. Like yeah. from the way that the music sounds to um, just how the how the the beat sort of goes on and just it just drives you, just pumps you up. And that's it's not something that was ever really replicated in other systems. I don't feel like. And now it's a, it's different because every system is kind of on parity, where it you know kind of sounds the same. But back in the day with cartridge based systems your sound chip made a big difference in how the game sounded. Yeah. I absolutely love the Genesis sound and mm-hmm. it's so iconic and recognizable. It's, you know, your, your electronic synthesizer uh, description is good, but it's like, I always feel like it sounds very tinny mm-hmm. and there's just, there's something about it. Like, like you said, it's hard to describe, but you know yeah. it. You and, know it when you hear it, you know, and it's like, that's, it's one of those things that I, equate to the system you know before anything mm-hmm. else because you know graphics yeah. are, are fine but you know compared to the other things that were also going around at that time like this isn't necessarily any more groundbreaking or oh wow like this looks so good comparatively like it it looks fine it, it yeah. you know it, it, it can keep up with everything else uh but it's like the the sound chip is what kind of set this apart um i don't right. think i don't think there are very many for me, you know, being a Nintendo fanboy, like there were no like super, super standout iconic games. There are, you know, some that I love, but none of them are nearly as epic in my opinion. But anytime you hear the, that soundtrack start up, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's something fun. And it's like, that's the most nostalgic and memorable part to every Genesis game that I've ever played is right. the yeah. sound. Yep. Absolutely. Like for me, it's like, playing the original Streets of Rage, like listening to the the first stage music. It's just so good. It just, you know, I, I can listen to that just on an album. And I have, you know, I love video game music. I love listening to that stuff. But I'm uh, very tempted. I, I haven't bit the bullet yet, but there's a record store in town that has a, you know, brand new, still shrink-wrapped vinyl of Streets of Rage 2. Oh, you got to get it. Yeah, it's very expensive, but it's... It's, I feel like it's worth it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, and especially the more that you start digging into this stuff. Like I said, I grew up with Nintendo, but you know, over the years, I've I've dug more into like classic Sega and gotten a, a better appreciation for what Sega was doing at the time. And a lot of you know, a lot of the designers and the composers and stuff. It's just 
they did fantastic work and it's it's great that some of that stuff is still out there and still getting recognized right which is cool but um, especially like if you're playing this on original hardware with the genesis and we talked a little bit about this too but there's several different models of genesis systems out there and if you have an original model like and it says like high definition graphics on it um it's got a little headphone jack on the front if you've got a speaker system hooked up to your tv and you've got your genesis hooked up you know plug something in plug the speakers into that headphone jack and then you know play your games in like stereo sound and you'll just be amazed at like how good everything sounds Mm -hmm. like it's really really cool yeah that is impressive and yeah, we were very recently kind of looking at all the different models. You're right, and mm-hmm. there's that headphone jack made all the difference. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So it's just it's confusing because it's not something that I I didn't really even know about until a few years ago, and then like people started digging into it, and it's like yeah, there's different versions of hardware out there, and it made the games actually sound different. So right, well, and I, yeah, it's like it's so hard to know all that stuff, especially when we were kids. Like we wouldn't have had yeah, a clue, but yeah, well, and you know that that kind of stuff wasn't it wasn't out there, you know, and we didn't have the internet, and so it wasn't really discussed in magazines and stuff like that. It wasn't until much later when people started tearing the consoles apart to go, hey, you know, this is a little bit different from the one I had as a kid, and you start looking at it. So. Oh wait, this one's not made by Sega, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Genesis three or you know any of that stuff. Totally different. So yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about with the Gunstar Heroes here? Um, I just had a little bit of feedback. We posted on the um, on our Facebook group and um, on Twitter and stuff out there that we were recording tonight. So um, we were just kind of asking for people to share their memories of the game on the show. So um, I just wanted we got um, a really good one here from a friend of the show, Nick Brown. I just wanted to just cover that real quick. Uh, regarding Gunstar Heroes, and uh, Nick says that when it was released, um, he remembers there being a ton of praise from critics saying it was a near-perfect game and shouldn't be missed, but at the time, he said there were so many great games coming out that he missed it. Um, His rental stores didn't have it, none of his friends had it either, so he didn't actually emulate it or play it um, until much later. So around 2010, um, he finally played it with a friend of his and said his friends that it was one of his favorite two-player games growing up. So um, they hung out and played through it and didn't take him long to realize that he would have loved it in its heyday even more than he loves it now. Uh, Nick says it's an absolute staple in the Genesis library that nobody should be without. He immediately saw the parallels to Solo Mirage, um, one of his favorite hidden gems from the PS1 library, which I mentioned earlier. Um, Yeah, Nick picked up uh, Gunstar Heroes in late 2013 and played through it and the GBA sequel several times since. And... uh, you know, he, he recommends um, the Double Chaser as the de facto weapon of choice, but, um, you know, said he really cleaned house with that weapon, and that's what he tends to stick to. But, um, again, like we said earlier, there's so many different ways that you can play through it and try different weapon combos, um, which adds to the replayability. So I'm watching this playthrough right now, and one of the two players is using the Chaser-Fire combo. Yep, yep. Which that's a good I, I... I couldn't get the hang of it and watching the way he's kind of using it. It's like opening my eyes to a whole new way to yeah. use that yeah. weapon. It's like, huh. You know how to steer that. You can just let it sit on the boss pretty much the whole time and just move back and forth. Right. And it's yeah, almost like it just a, takes almost like a smash TV control at that point where you're like controlling your, yeah. you know, your gun and your character separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, again, that's the beauty of this game is there's so much replay replayability and, uh, what weapons you choose and how you play through it. 
Right. So, yeah, I like Nick's story. I think that was that was fun, and that kind of hammers home exactly the nostalgia we were talking about. And yes, so yeah. many of these games that you would have seen as a kid but not had full access to, or you know, some that I always wanted to play but it was never event- available at the rental store, or always checked out, yeah. or friend had it, I could never get a hold of it, so I just you know played the living crap out of it over there, and yeah. you know that. Yeah, and he's exactly right. I mean, I look at my own experience, like 93, 94 or so, I was huge into Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2 and stuff like that. I played a ton of fighting games. So like that was my um, that was my bread and butter for a long time was fighting games. And if something else came out, it was like, well, that looks cool, but you know, I'd rather play MK2 or you know, Street Fighter 2 Turbo or whatever. So. Sure. Hell, most of the time I'd still rather play Street Fighter 2. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but <laughs> No, it's just, I mean, that was the, that was the thing at the time, you know, right. so prevalent. It's like, oh, I need to play, you know, I need to play at home to practice. So then that way, when I go to the arcade, I can, uh, I could school some, some people. So, um, all right. So I think that covers most of it. We can cover a little tips and tricks. If you have come up with anything, I got, I got one, not. Yeah. I couldn't really think of anything. So, um, yeah, I'd say go ahead. Um, then yeah we'll come back with some recommendations and a little bit of show wrap up tips and tricks Uh, yeah so the the only tip and trick that I came up with really wasn't too groundbreaking although I did realize that the first few times you play through this vitality is you know at a premium and there's a couple little like robotic ducks that fly around that drop little power ups now and then and there's Every now and then you'll find one that drops the little vitality hearts. And it was a couple times into the game before I realized that if you just start beating the crap out of that thing, he keeps uh-huh. dropping hearts. Yep. So if if you're struggling through the game, when you find the, uh, okay, well, let's just call him the heart duck, just um, mm-hmm. go kick his ass and get lots of life. Yeah. If you can, if you can shoot it enough before it disappears off the screen, it drops but two or three hearts, I think. Oh, at least you can get like five or six out of there if you're good. So yeah. that's it, Wes, nothing, no, no tips. You're just going to leave mean, everybody hanging. You know, the only thing I can really say is just, um, just practice and, and learn the enemy combos and patterns um, and find a weapon that you like and stick with it. And that's, that's the best way to really approach this game. There's not really a lot of, I don't know, it's, it's hard to say because there's not a lot of ways to glitch the bosses or, or you know, win cheaply or anything. It, it all depends on your skill. No, and they and you're right. They all do have a very, very distinct pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just, gotta just keep it, yeah, keep, you just keep have... an eye on them. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 be surprised if you die at least once. But luckily, like the the consequence for dying in this game is not too severe. Yeah, uh, if you're if you're going for a high score, obviously that's a bad thing. But like other than um, seven force, where you have to go through the whole thing all over again, like the rest of them, really not that big of a setback. And then second time, you should be okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, just have fun with it because it's it's not a Ninja Gaiden type game where it's gonna kick your ass and frustrate you. Like you're gonna have fun, so just stick mm-hmm. with it. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, just enjoy it, and uh, uh, you know, just when you when you die, just relax a little bit and realize that um, you know that it was not the fault of the game, but probably the fault of the player somehow. But um, once you get better at it and, and overcome those um, those obstacles, then you'll you'll feel really good when you actually um, 
get through what, what was uh, giving you a hard time. Yeah, because I don't feel like there was really anything in the game that was cheap. Like nothing felt unfair. Uh, right. There's like everything is beatable. Everything you know can can be overcome if you just practice it enough times or kind of get used to the patterns. Like there's there's nothing that's beyond your reach, really. No, I I never died and was like, oh, that was unfair. Like that that sucks. Like it it never screwed me. I guess it's a good life lesson too. You know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, recommend from you, I would assume. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to put it up quite as high as you do, but I don't really have the the nostalgia with it. But yeah, it's just yeah, it might it might be a little bit different for me. But like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of this style of game, so um, I like a game that is difficult to uh, to master. But um, once you get really good at it and you can blaze through it, I really like those type of games because I can keep coming back to them. Uh, year after year and, and getting better at them and still enjoying them. So um, yeah. this is a high recommend for me. Yeah, really solid length. Uh, if you're kind of getting good at it, it's maybe about an hour, hour and a half is pretty realistic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the replayability is top notch. Lots of good challenge, but lots of fun and humor throughout. So yeah, it's pretty high recommend all around. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that wraps up about all we have to say about Gunstar Heroes. Got another excellent pick for two weeks. Uh, I'm saying that because I picked it, and I only picked good games. Well. (laughs) So far, I've only picked good games. Um, But yeah, until then, let's chat a little bit about uh, what we started last week, the Graveyard Duck Challenge, which Mm -hmm. I think got a good response. Not a ton of participants, but I figure we give it a few more months for people to really kind of figure out what's going on and kind of get part of yeah. it. But well, here's the thing I, I wanted to do something like, like a challenge for a long time. And uh, you know, the, the graveyard duck challenge is going to be a lot of fun. And if we get more participants to, um, I'm, I'm glad that people are, are participating and enjoying it because um, you know, it's just, it's just fun to have a nice friendly competition for games that we grew up with and that we enjoy and that we still play. So, right. Uh, you know, so I'm glad that everybody is participating in it, which is cool. Um, like I said, we're going to try to do one in the off week when we don't have an episode. So, right. Basically, at the end of every episode, we're going we're gonna, to um, promote the next challenge, and then we're going to debut it, and it's going to run for a week. Yeah, so. it, it should it should pretty much always be announced right about the same time that the episode gets posted. Yeah, and yeah. Then you, you've got until the the following Friday, give or take, to mm-hmm. get through it, but. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll post the scores, you know, after after that that uh, week is up or whatever. But you know, I, I, mean, I really enjoyed the fact that like as we were posting scores, like a new high score would show up, and then w- within an hour, somebody else had to come back and be like, "Damn it, now I got to try harder." And it was just yeah. this this constant one-upsmanship, which yeah, that's I mean, great. That's oh, why it was so much fun. Yeah. So um, yeah, there'll be prizes and stuff down the road too, but. Um, you know, and for those of you that might be listening to the show at a later date, uh, you know, I would still encourage you to to post your scores from previous challenges because uh, we still enjoy seeing those. We're still going to comment on them. Uh, oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, don't let that deter you. But if you're listening to this in you know sort of real time, so to speak, uh, you know, by all means, um, you know, follow the challenge, post it, post your scores, and um, you know, we just encourage that. So we we enjoy playing retro games, and we like 
doing these kind of things and we hope that you enjoy it too yeah definitely so yeah we had the excite bike challenge uh went pretty well and uh big thumbs up to to james for um just kind of coming along out of nowhere and just kicking all of our asses right um, beat the best score that any of the other participants had come up with by about nine seconds so yeah, crap so yeah yeah um and yeah so uh um james volpe who posted that who's a, a good friend of mine from a long time ago um he also designed our um our logo for the show um he's really good at that stuff and he also has his own show and um he has a group uh the sky geek and so he does a lot of um posts a lot of shows about um ska bands and ska music and stuff like that so if that's your thing um check it out it's really good so uh just kind of a, a little plug there but uh He's a good dude, so support his stuff. So yeah, congratulations on Excite Bike. Uh, you schooled us all. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so yeah, we'll see. We got another contest, obviously starting this Friday, which is within well, pr- probably by the time you're done listening to this episode, it's already live. So it's yeah. might be old news to you by now. But um, yeah, Wes, this this was another one of your ideas in terms of what game we should cover. But um, you said we want to do Contra for this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this uh, the next graveyard deck challenge is going to be Contra, and this is going to be a score attack challenge. So um, we're looking for the highest score that you can get on three lives. Right. So uh, no no thirty lives code, no continues. Uh, you know, just just post your best score from just a regular game of three lives. Yeah, and I, I would say like if you score extra lives because of points, that counts. Oh, absolutely does. So essentially what we're looking for is the first time that game over continue screen shows up. That's the one you want to take a screenshot of. Right. So yeah. And if you can one credit clear the game and keep going, absolutely keep doing it and post your score. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your score will keep, you know, adding as you go. So, um, but yeah, take, take a screenshot of that first need to continue page and uh we'll be able to see because your your score should be on there and it'll also list you know how many continues you have left so we know if you're cheating yeah exactly <laughs> um so when you do that just post it to the either the facebook group or the uh the twitter and um you know just put the hashtag graveyard duck challenge in there put your initials in there and that yep. way we can load it into our you know sort of high tech high scoreboard and then um uh, you know, whoever has the most points at the end of the series of challenges then uh, might win something cool. Yeah. Yeah. All the details are posted, but um, definitely put that hashtag on there because it was becoming a little bit cumbersome for me to track them all down. So right, right. That, that helps me a lot. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I think that's going to be fun this coming week. And uh, yeah, like I said, another good episode coming in uh, two weeks. So yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. Um, we're kind of, um, without spoiling too much, but we're kind of expanding our, um, our repertoire of um, uh, systems that we cover a little bit. So we're going to be branching out just a little bit and uh, we'll be covering some new games. Which yeah. Is, so I'm excited. All right. So stay on the social media. We're having a lot of fun there and uh, always you can get in touch with us and give us your requests if there's games you want us to cover. But uh, Wes, you're so good at this. Why don't you tell them how they can get a hold of us? Well, of course. So, uh, like you said, we've got our Facebook group, Graveyard Duck Podcast. Uh, we've got our uh, Twitter out there at Duck Graveyard. Um, you can email us at graveyardduckpodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, our show is also out there on Geek Nerdery. We're on iTunes. We're on 
um, pretty much everything. So if you uh, if you just Google search, you know, Graveyard Duck podcast, you're probably going to find us. So, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So if, if, if you want to just chime in and um, just post what you're playing or what you're enjoying or you know, if you want to take part in the challenges or if you like the show, you know, let us know. Uh, we always love hearing from from people. And that's why we do the show. We enjoy talking about games that we loved and we hope that that kind of instills some nostalgia as well in uh, games that people played or maybe ones that you haven't quite discovered yet. So uh, we hope to, you know, do you a good service in showing you that uh, we enjoy these games too. Yep. Yeah. It's been a fun year and hopefully the next year will be even better. Uh, if you enjoy what we're doing, head over to iTunes, give us a review so even more listeners can find us and we can get even more requests and more interaction because that's what we're here for. So, all righty. Well, Looking forward to what we've got coming in the next week or two. So uh, I would just say until that time, I'm Scott. And I'm Wes. And be sure to take an occasional recess during extended play to rest yourself and the Sega cartridge. Game over.